Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 7, Episode 16, Unnecessary Roughness. Mary, what happened this week? Tracy's parents are out of town, so Brandon spends Super Bowl weekend at Galleon Ranch with Tracy, her colicky horse, Leah, and Tracy's ex-boyfriend and almost veterinarian, Sam. While Tracy's attention is pulled 10 different directions, Sam finds time to ask Brandon what his intentions are with Tracy. Brandon's intentions probably wouldn't be so unclear if Sam didn't pop into the room every time he and Tracy kiss. But Sam wanted to marry her before she went off to college, which I have opinions about, and he'd really like it if Brandon could just give him some alone time with Tracy to try to win her back. That's gonna be a no, buddy. Anyway, Sam helps Tracy's horse, Tracy asks him to please move on, and she and Brandon bang in the barn. It's a happy ending if you ignore her saying, don't make me regret this, because now I'm pretty sure she's gonna regret this. I mean, also, it feels like really unsanitary to bang in a barn. Oh, if you think that's unsanitary, Handmaid's Tale just handled a birth in a barn. So. (laughs) Nope. Not interested. Yeah. When you have to wake up the next morning and be like, oh, congratulations, you're not allergic to the bed. Right? Like, oh, score. (laughs) Good for us. What if he was allergic? His little butt would be so itchy. He would have been, and hopefully it's not a severe allergy or else he would have not woken up. (laughs) Just to run and get Dr. Sam, or almost Dr. Sam, and he's just like, I mean... I don't have to save him, and then there's no obstacles for us. Exactly. Ugh. But anyway. Okay. I totally didn't clock for a good, like, minute and a half or two minutes that Tracy's parents were gone. I must have just blocked it out, and I was like, Brandon's going to meet her parents, and they haven't defined the relationship. Yeah, yeah. It. I mean, luckily, like, she says it, in that first scene that we see them but for sure it's like oh that's kind of a big step brandon like you guys yeah keep kind of fumbling over like what you mean to each other and now you're just gonna meet mr and mrs galian like okay okay brandon yeah i totally missed that part and i didn't clog it i'm like writing in my notes i was like oh my god they're so serious did i miss them to find the relationship and then they run into Sam, who's like, yeah, I'm house-sitting and horse-sitting. It's like, oh, I should have seen that coming. But also, Tracy comes from money. Like, because she, her parents have a horse ranch in Pasadena. First yeah. of all, that is gorgeous. Like, those mountains in the background. Oh, it was so pretty. Um, but yeah, the fact that she, owned, like, because you saw the fences and, like, all the other, like, the fields and whatnot. So, like. What kind of money does Tracy come from? That's what I want to know. Right? It's like, man. Like, Brandon gets out of Beverly Hills and still finds everyone with the money. And he's still, like, mm-hmm. Midwest Brandon. I just love, like, him immediately wanting to help out with stuff. Like, because, of course, with the setup of Sam, the veterinarian, you know, being here, trying to win back Tracy. And, oh, oh my God, Tracy, like, thank God you're here. Your mayor, 
who you probably haven't seen in months, maybe years, I don't know, has colic. Well, great, Sam. Good thing you're a veterinarian. <laughs> like, why are you telling me this? <laughs> right. But <laughs> my point to that, like, before getting on that tangent of Sam, is just to say that, like, even without this clear contest between between Brandon and Sam, I love that Brandon's immediately just like, no, I want to help. It's so Brandon. It's so Brandon. I mean, I really loved that first part when they were in the car and she was like, you're taking Super Bowl weekend to come back with me? And he's like, well, yeah. I mean, your parents also have a TV, right? But yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. You got to cover your bases. Of course. I also really love that as soon as they walk away from Sam, Brandon's just like, oh, that's your ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Immediately like, gauges it. Sam is not even trying to hide it. No. He's just like walks up like, your horse is sick. I love you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But, I mean, he really does just, like, get in the way in every single scene. It's so funny. Like, I don't understand the point of this whole storyline except to define finally what Brandon and Tracy are to each other. But, yeah, like – I feel like he's hiding behind a tree this entire episode, just waiting for Brandon and Tracy to kiss. Right? Like, I feel like the horse is definitely sick, and it's definitely like he's taking care of it, but he's probably like, this is something I can, like, stick around for. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't do anything to fix her immediately, so I'm just going to spend the entire day on the farm just being like, Tracy, she needs you again. Tracy, she needs you again. Not you, Brandon. Just Tracy. And I love that one of the times Sam interrupts them the first time is during Brandon's little story about his quote unquote <laughs> first love. It's his sixth grade girlfriend, Carol, which what a 90s name. Like, yeah, God, I love these names like Brenda, Carol, like they're the best. Um but yeah, he's like sitting there like kind of pushing Tracy on a swing. He's like, hey, I remember last time I pushed somebody on a swing. They fell off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He's got such a way with words. What is his story that he like they were going out to search for UFOs, which, by the way, hilarious that he did that. And then we like actually had the story of Claire and David doing that. Like, yeah. So these someone in the writers room. writers yeah <laughs> but what yeah, does he so, say he's like he's like the special secret agent of alien affairs or something mm-hmm. like it was very um x-files you know like such an x-files thing to do and yeah apparently like she got bored very quickly so luckily there is a swing and he loved her long brown hair, but it was so long that it got caught on a branch. First of all, why was her head that close to a branch? <laughs> because when you're 11, you're just like, I'm going to push you so hard, you're going to go over the thing. Well, apparently that's exactly what happened. And <laughs> Tracy like immediately kind of like hops off the swing. <laughs> it's like, you don't impress me, Agent Walsh. <laughs> Like, they're so cute. Oh, it, yeah, for sure. It got me this time. Like, I think I'm finally ready to let Tracy in, even though this seems very clearly a repeat of 
Susan and Jonathan. So you know what's funny though? In the beginning of the episode when I was like, ooh, a ranch, I was typing like Brandon and Tracy, but literally like spelled out Brandon, spelled out and capital S was next. I legit almost put Susan. (laughs) Oh my God. I mean like seriously though, because he goes with Susan to meet her parents. They have a whole Mm -hmm. weird thing at her house and then she also has Jonathan who they broke up it was a very clear breakup and then he shows back up in her life and is like no I want that exactly it's the same storyline it's the same one I mean I feel like the only difference is like Tracy doesn't feel like she owes Sam anything where Susan like still had that emotional connection to Jonathan 100%. I mean, she even, like, Tracy drops this bomb as they were, like, talking about the horse and whatnot that Sam actually proposed to her between high school and college, which is disgusting. But Brandon's like, do you regret it? And she's like, no. And in my brain as Tracy, because we know, like, Tracy, like, she, like, to the point, like, overthinks, you know, because she's, like, very much done this already with her and Brandon. So she definitely strikes me as the kind of person that's like, no, I'm 18. I'm literally going to college. You're 20 whatever. No, I'm not going to marry you. You know, like very sensible to the point where she's considered all the options and she's like, no, this is a dumb idea. That's exactly what I was thinking of like Sam proposing to her before she's going to college. Like kind of tells me that Sam didn't know her or she's completely mm-hmm. changed between 18 and when we meet her because True. she's Good like point. she's got aspirations like she's mm-hmm. on TV I know albeit you know to only what 2000 how many viewers did they say they had 20,000 or remember. something crazy <laughs> but still ugh but I also love cuz this episode despite the fact that we have two guys kind of vying for Tracy's attention. I love that she's kind of in her element at the ranch. And so Mm -hmm. literally like the next morning, well, we assume it's morning because we hear a rooster. That's how they have to tell us it's morning because it's dark. (laughs) And it made me think of the episode of Gilmore Girls where TJ gets to work with um, on Luke's crew to fix up Lorelai's house. And it's really early. It's like 6 a.m. And TJ's like, the sun ain't even warm yet. And it just made me think of this because Brandon says the sun's not up. And that just, anyway, it just made me think of that. But she's so in her element. She's got her flannel on. She's like making breakfast, already made coffee. She's got everything ready to go. And I kind of love seeing this like individualistic side of her because at mm-hmm. the station, it's Brandon and what's his face's show. So what, Mark? <laughs> I think you even said, you were like, I'm not going to remember it. (laughs) Mark who? Oh, my God. That was so fast. (laughs) No, I I love her just like whizzing around the kitchen. Like, I know this. Mm -hmm. I know what I got. I've got all these chores I have to do on the farm because like – Yeah, she slept out in the barn with Leah because she has the colic. She needs attention. Brandon stayed in the house. and She's like, oh, I wish you could have joined me. And when he pulls on her shirt and is just like, what are you doing right now? I was like, 
I'm sorry. <laughs> what? I mean, like, it is very clear that they are both attracted to each other and they want mm-hmm. something. They just don't know what. <laughs> and it's kind of cute. I got to be honest, it's very interesting to me that Brandon waited until they were at her parents' house to, <laughs> like, want to bang. To consummate the marriage, yes, marriage. To consummate the relationship, <laughs> yes. Let's please do it at my parents' house. Everyone's right? dream. Like, like he technically lives in his parents' house, but they're on another continent. Yeah, and it's like technically not his parents' house anymore. He just anyway, it wouldn't be as weird there <laughs> as it is at the Pasadena Ranch. It's okay. They don't even bang inside the house. It's fine. <laughs> but. Like, it's this same thing where Sam gets in the way again because she's got to go do all these chores and Sam is also there doing chores. And Brandon wants to help, which I love that Tracy's like, no, no, you're on vacation. You relax. I got this. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like. But, you know, it's it's Brandon. He's got to help. Oh, yeah. No, it's my love language is acts of service. I do things for other people. I clean the Mm -hmm. house so that John doesn't have to. Like. I get this of like, no, I'm going to do chores. I'm going to be a contributing person. But then Sam gets real like patriarchal, I guess. Yeah. And asks Brandon what his intentions are with Tracy. I I just really hate that question. Like I understand, you know, like the question in and of itself is fine. I think it's very If you feel protective over somebody or if you have a history with somebody or if you just know a person, I think it's totally fine to be looking out for them. But Mm -hmm. in our context, this phrase does not mean what it's supposed to mean. You know, like it's what are your intentions with my daughter? Like that's usually how it's said. And so if he had just said, are you and Tracy dating? That would have been fine, but he does the whole like, I'm a country boy with a shotgun and I'm going to act like she's my property kind of thing. And I don't like that. Which also talking about the whole like he asked her to marry him when she was 18 and he's in his 20s and he's older than her. And now he's Mm -hmm. doing the whole like, what are your intentions with my Tracy? Like, (laughs) he's just a red flag. Like if he was just walking around in a red shirt with a red handkerchief coming out of the back of his jeans, I'd buy it. Yeah. And I love, like, the gall for him to be like, hey, give me some time alone with Tracy to see where we stand. And Brandon's just like, I'm dating her. Yeah, like, no. (laughs) Like, sorry, that's not going to happen. You can talk to her when I'm present. Or honestly, what should have happened is, what should have happened is like, well, why don't we ask Tracy if she wants to be alone with you? You know, like, not have these two men make those decisions for her, right? Because, like, even though I agree with Brandon, like, no, it's probably not okay to just, like, let Sam shoot a shot. But at the same time, I'm like, well, why don't we ask the woman that you two are vying for here? Right? Like, we just saw this with Claire and Prince Carl. Yeah. Like, Carl just being like, hey, it would be really, really cool if you just <laughs> let me be alone with Claire and attempt to sweep her off her feet and make her love me. Do you agree? <laughs> like, and she's like, you're a prince, I guess. So, yeah. <laughs> and, like, 
Not that Brandon needed to have a flashback to this because I think he's got more like awareness to be like, no, you Mm -hmm. can't just like go talk to my girlfriend and try and take her from me or, you know, whatever they are. Like, I feel like I can't use girlfriend, but I also feel like Brandon's probably thinking of that. Be like, wait a minute. This sounds familiar. Yeah. Or at the very least, just being like, hold on. I've also been here before. She's going to choose her. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Just like the amount of times. And they do flashbacks in this episode that are super depressing. But I really wish they just had time to do just like clips on clips on clips. Like, Mm -hmm. let's just make this the Brandon and Tracy episode. And just every time something happens, Brandon's like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) Remembering like first Kelly, then Susan. Then Claire. Mm-hmm. I would die. Oh, my gosh. What also got me was I think it's the next time we see them and it's nighttime and they finish dinner and they're like, oh, we should go take a bath. Oh, my God. I wanted it. <laughs> right? He's like, oh, how big's your bathtub? She's like, big enough. Like, I don't know what it is, but I think you and I are maybe all three of us were feeling some type of way this episode and we just wanted all of it. <laughs> I, I'm i telling you, I've been back on my Bridgerton kick. And while that is like, Ugh. you know, the 18th century and this is the 20th century, like they're on a farm. I can see this happening in one of those Bridgerton <laughs> books. Could have been this. Brandon's Could've the been. city guy. Tracy's the confident farm girl. Well, now you're just talking about Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> so exactly. Yeah. I've, I'm feeling a type of way. We all get it. Yeah, obviously. Except Sam. Um, yeah, except Sam <laughs> walks in again about – he's like, hey, you got to come see a man about a horse. Like, <laughs> And, like, you can't blame it. Like, clearly the horse is sick because Tracy goes every single time. Like mm-hmm. – And it's not like, oh, he's just, you know, using the horse to get to me. She keeps saying, like, oh, I'm taking care of her. I'm spending the night with her. Like, clearly the horse is sick. Yes. But, But of course, this time, like, we have to deal with not just saving the actual horse, which Sam does. Thankfully, he didn't use poor Leah the horse as a, like, pawn in -hmm. this just to get Tracy's, like, attention. Um. But now he wants to, you know, save Tracy. He wants her back. He says she's changed. Sorry. She says she's changed and he hasn't. AKA she's 22 now or 21 and has grown up and he probably hasn't. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, you know, I mean, I think obviously college is not for everybody, but Tracy going off and kind of getting a bigger perspective on just the world in general has a lot to do with it, too. Um, this time Brandon gets to pop in and I loved it. I know. I love that. Like she's doing all this. Like, I love that she gets to say no. And all of this stuff is like truly coming from her. And like mm-hmm. Brandon hears it, but he's not actually in the scene, like affecting her. She's just saying no of her own accord. Like, yes, exactly. She, yeah. Yeah. She gets like all this autonomy and like it does actually work. Like, the mm-hmm. horse is better. She said no. Sam actually leaves. Mm-hmm. Because the horse is doing better. Like, Tracy makes a comment about how she drank all her water. They're all good. 
and they go, Ed, did you notice that Brandon speaks like a cowboy? He speaks like Elvis, not a cowboy. <laughs> Elvis is from Tennessee. But the caption said Texas accent. <laughs> we okay, were all I don't, over the place. <laughs> I don't think it was Texas accent. I just, to be quite honest with you, like I have lived in Georgia my entire life. I cannot tell you the difference between a Texas accent and a Georgia accent. The only one I can tell you a difference of is like West Virginia and South Carolina. Those are the only two accents where I can be like, that is different. But Texas, yeah. no, they might as well sound like Tennessee and Georgia and Bama and yeah. Yeah. No, I just liked that he put on that little accent because I was like, I swear, we always want someone to just like walk in and be like, ma'am, <laughs> this is my time and like tip the hat. Ma'am. <laughs> like you guys <laughs> didn't see it, but yeah, I did the like little <laughs> the hat thing. Oh my God. Yes. I kind of love how cowboy heavy this show gets sometimes. Right? I know. <laughs> Someone, Darren Starr or um, Aaron Spelling One has a, or Chuck, has a fascination, perhaps bordering on fetish for cowboys. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Question mark? No. Well, fascination, certainly. Yes. <laughs> Old West shit is my jam. I mean, I get it. It's such a, like, it's like a slice of life, you know? It's such a mm -hmm. different vibe than so many other things. So I understand why people would be highly interested in seeing what it's like. It is so different. I love it so much. <laughs> and, like, honestly, they dig into it. They say she has roping ribbons. They make out on hay. He says, my favorite cowgirl. <laughs> Want to play home rodeo, darling? Oh, my God. <laughs> darling, I got to admit, that is one of the Southern things that I still love. If someone, like, my old one of my old high school boyfriends called me darling, and I died. I was like, I'm probably going to like you for a long time. And I did. And it didn't work out, clearly. But we're all better off for it. <laughs> yeah, no, my ex was, like, full on cowboy. Like, he had a big buckle. He wore boots. He had tight jeans. He wore lots of flannels in the wintertime. Um, yeah, he was very... He wasn't redneck. Like, he didn't drive There's a big a truck. And, like, he would hunt, but, like, he wasn't... A, like, he, he would go if somebody asked him to. Um, but, yeah, so, anyway, he ended up going to school in Auburn and became a pilot or or something like a, a some guy in the army is it the army that he's in what is because auburn has a really good flight school program i think as at their university i just don't know what armed forces he went into but he met his now wife in the army too or whatever armed forces he's in so we all end up happy how very riley of him isn't it though he's like a farm boy from iowa but yet georgia <laughs> joined the military met his wife mm-hmm it's perfect it is perfect anyway he called me darling and i loved it um cute <laughs> sorry that came out really quiet cute <laughs> the next morning brandon and tracy are naked in the hay 
Like, oh my god. <laughs> so sorry. That last scene. I forgot I ended my notes like a fanfic, and I wrote, <laughs> and for once, Sam does not interrupt. <laughs> anyway, yes, they wake up naked in the hay. <laughs> I just really love, like, Tracy's wearing his shirt, and he's just, like, curled up in the comforter, like, oh up to his God. neck. Right? He's like a little, little cocoon. And Tracy... Because she thinks a lot. Like, I don't think she can let go of what's in her brain. She's mm-hmm. like, what did you think of right after? And he says that she has to go first. And I got to say, when she was like, I thought, did I leave the stove on? It was kind of cute. Oh, it was so cute. Because in it's cute for so many ways. Because it's like a defense mechanism, but also like kind of cute and coy and all of that. So yeah, no, I love this this entire scene. Yeah, it I liked that she kind of like deflected it back to him but in that cute way and then he's like I was thinking all good things come to those who wait, which is just such a Brandon thing to say. Like mm-hmm. if only he had like credited the quote to somebody. Like all good things yes. come to those who wait. Eleanor Roosevelt said that. Right? Like <laughs> You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. (laughs) Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. (laughs) But like, yeah, Tracy says, don't make me regret this. Yeah, so I was a little confused about her comments. And I think it's one of those like, I'm trying to remember what show it was from. And you guys might know, but. It was either a show or a movie. Anyway, it's kind of that same vibe as You Could Ruin Me, you Mm. know, where it's like a very pessimistic outlook, but it's it's like devastatingly beautiful kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, where it's like this has the possibility of being like my great love in life. But because of that, I could reach this like total state of euphoria or you could absolutely absolutely wreck me. Yeah, I don't know. All I can think of is, um, and I don't think you watched Scrubs. Mm-hmm. I might have even mentioned this on the show before, but like JD, you know, has the on and off again relationship uh, with Elliot. And there's one point where Elliot's engaged. I think she like calls off her engagement to go back to JD. And it's the end of the season. It's the season finale. And she's like, you got me. I'm all yours. And then she goes in to, like, hug him, and you go into JD's head because he always does the voiceover, and he goes, oh, no, I don't want it anymore. (gasps) Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, like, that's honestly where I went of, like, Tracy's liked him so much, and they finally get to this moment, and she's just, like, cool. Interesting. Yeah. So that's like two different takes on it's what It's completely said. different. Yeah. I love it. Right? I, I want it to be yours, but I also don't want her to get hurt. I don't want anyone to get hurt. Can we just like mutually yeah. fizzle out? Well, that's the thing. I think both of our takes are are bad. Like like not <laughs> bad that we made the take, yeah. but it's like, no, this isn't going to end want well. It. <laughs> yeah. I don't want it. But like – you know it's not going to last. Tracy's not in the opening credits. Exactly. She's and not regular. There is another woman who is single on this show and in the opening credits. 
<laughs> yeah, it it was an interesting way to like have their morning after in the barn. I can't get over that they had sex on the hay. That bothers me. <laughs> There's no way I could sleep after that. I'd be like, I'm going inside. It's also like um Alexis and Mutt and Shit's Creek. <laughs> because <laughs> Mutt like lived in the barn or whatever she's like oh my god it's really nice in here <laughs> yeah but like it's also January in Pasadena like yeah Mm-mm, I'm going inside I know I mean it does like get chilly out there and you're basically outside because a barn doesn't have insulation like I guess that's what the hay is for <laughs> <laughs> hay is fantastic insulation god oh anyway well, I guess we'll see. Like, they're still together. Now they're doing it. I guess they've defined the relationship. He likes her a lot. And respects her and enjoys her company. So I I loved that he said that. I forget when yeah. he said that. I think it was when he when Sam was trying to be like, what are your intentions with her? And mm-hmm. he's like, well, I like her a lot. I respect her and, she, and I enjoy her company. Like, that is like, okay, I'm just going to say something. Being a woman, I don't need somebody to go, like, punch somebody else to defend my honor. I need somebody to tell me that they like me a lot, respect me, and enjoy my company. That's – yeah, panties dropped. Like – Yeah, right? <laughs> like, gone. <laughs> I'm yours forever. Just tell exactly. me that you respect me. And I'm like, okay, but, like, for, like, the next 10 minutes, can you not? <laughs> oh, my God. That's my favorite thing I've ever heard. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> take it back. I take it back. <laughs> Don't tell me you like me and respect me and you enjoy my company. Tell me what you just said. <laughs> Ooh, that was great. I don't need this blanket anymore. I'm hot. <laughs> I'm very hot. <laughs> How do we move on from that? <laughs> we just gotta go. <laughs> Mary. Mary, what else happened this week? Oh, man, that was good. Steve and Dork are pals again, or if not pals, business partners. They've purchased a large amount of football t-shirts from France, and they plan to sell them at a marked-up price and donate the profits to Project Literacy, except they forgot that in France, football is soccer. So they somehow acquire a bunch of footballs to sew over the soccer balls on the t-shirt, and Steve also somehow knows how to sew footballs over soccer balls on a t-shirt, and somehow people are interested in buying them. This made no sense. Right? (laughs) Why did we need this? (laughs) Like, from the beginning, why did Dick come back? Yeah. Like, I guess it makes sense once he explains why he's there. Like, oh, of course, Steve. Like, if we really thought about that storyline between the three of them, Dick and Steve should be friends. Like, it's very much like this could be. It's it's like Steve really can be friends with most people as long as he finds something in common. And the thing he finds in common with Dick is money. Yeah. I just, like... It was all so interesting to me because then, yeah, they say they're going to donate the profits to charity, which is, like, awesome. Loved it. Yeah. Not what I expected from Steve at all. Especially when he says they're going to mark them up 300%. 
yeah, like, I don't know. It was really great that they had, like, a charitable organization to donate to, but it just came out of left field that for not sure. only were they donating to it, but Claire was involved with it. Yeah, for sure. Like, and we really didn't even, like, I mean, basically everything that Mary just said is exactly what happened. Like, there was four scenes tops that involved this. And, and yeah, like, I guess the funniest, like, little bloop is that the shirts are actually World Cup shirts for soccer. Ha ha ha, stupid Americans don't know that football is soccer in Europe and everywhere but America, as Claire puts it. Yeah, and I I think the only thing was like, yeah, I guess at this point you wouldn't be able to see the shirt that you're ordering if it's not already in a catalog. Right, 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 right. But, I mean, the internet did exist at this point. Steve has been in chat rooms. I don't know. It was a whole thing where, like, it had to be all of the perfect scenarios where, for some reason, everyone would trust Steve to do this. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe, like, I speak very confidently sometimes. So, like, we'll be in the car and I'll tell John to go, like, be like, oh, yeah, turn right up here. And he'll do it. And then, like, two minutes later, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. We're lost. <laughs> He's like, you told me to turn. So, yeah, maybe it's just the confidence thing. I mean, the fact – okay, the only good thing about this this storyline was Steve's little tiny glasses cross-stitching, basically, that football onto all those shirts. Also, how many shirts did they have? They had – They did this So many shirts. Yeah. He, like, enlisted – I bet he and Dick both enlisted their entire fraternities to do this, which – I also love the confidence that results in these fraternity brothers just doing whatever these guys say. Like, yeah, these have to be the same regatta guys that are just like, okay, mm. yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. Got nothing better to do. It beats studying or whatever. <laughs> beats doing anything like go to a party on Super Bowl weekend. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Steve is apparently like an expert at embroidery and it's just like, let me teach you all how to stitch and you just do over and under and through and around and da 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 freaking cute it was cute honestly it that was perfect i had so many questions of how it came to be but i don't care because steve and his tiny little glasses and his embroidery hoop i was just like i'm done like he needs to okay. like add those little tiny glasses to his ensemble for santa like how freaking cute would that look <laughs> That's actually his glasses are for dress up day with Claire. (laughs) Oh my God. She's like wanting him to role play as an intellectual. (laughs) He's got a thesaurus or like a word of the day calendar. (laughs) Yeah. That's the word. That's their word. He can finally get a thesaurus for Christmas. Yep. Exactly. You can finally put that to use. Oh my God. But then, yeah, I mean, it all works out. They get to the after dark with their shirts that look fine and they they sell out. They have <laughs> one shirt left at the end of it and he trades it to Nat for breakfast in like $10. Mm-hmm. And like, I honestly don't think we're ever going to see Dick again. I don't know. I don't want to look it up. But yeah, I would I would put money on we don't. Right. I would. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see any reason that we ever would. Nope. And that's what happened this week with Steve. 
Mary, what else you got? David and Tom, roommates turned work buddies, have a super great plan for Super Bowl Saturday, and they don't need Val's opinions on what things are tacky. Val feels boxed out of the business, so she lets them run the club that evening on their own. But it turns out they do need Valerie because she has the keys and knows the passwords to things. Val and David come to an understanding about their partnership, which Val solidifies with the purchase of a partner's desk, which is really fucking cute. Oh my god, it was so cute when she was just like, look, and he's like, new furniture? She's like, it's a partner's desk. I was so confused why she was like spending a whole bunch of money, but I'll allow it. Right. I actually did expect when he walked in and saw her ordering new furniture that he was going to be like, excuse me, I am 50% owner in this place. You can't Mm -hmm. just go buy a desk. Yep. Exactly. Pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly surprised. Yeah. It's so weird when this storyline starts up because like Tom and David are just friends now. Yeah. What is happening? It makes no sense. This is like, this should have been a Halloween episode and it was set in like Bizarro World or something. Yeah. so weird. Because that part, the first scene we see with David and Tom working together is right after we see Steve and Dick working together. So I was just Mm -hmm. like chronologically confused. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess they just maybe like because they've been living together in the Hollywood Hills house, they're just getting to know each other better and finding they probably have more in common than they did. But like, I didn't think David really liked sports that much. So I I understand from a business perspective, it makes sense to throw a Super Bowl bash, but like, how could they have gotten there? You know, maybe, maybe they're just brainstorming ideas of things to do at the pee pad. I don't know. I mean, that's gotta be it. They've gotta be like watching TV in the Mm -hmm. living room at the Hollywood Hills house and just being like, oh yeah, that seems like a good idea. You know, I don't really know anything about the Super Bowl. Oh man, you could make a total lot of money off the Super Bowl and then just like, on and on. That's true. That's true. And yeah, so I could get Val being like annoyed that she's not included because she doesn't live in the house where the ideas are happening. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They're like working off hours or whatever and she can't be a part of it. I will say this party is like right up my alley. Oh my <laughs> God. Same. Like, they were like, we're keeping the party high standard. You see all those kegs? Micro brews. Yeah. Sold. I know. They were like, everyone's going to love it. The women are going to love it. I was like, yeah, I do. Okay. (laughs) And they're like, we got hot wings. We got dip. I was like, damn it. Yep. Okay. Twist my arm. (laughs) I also love that for some reason they call cheerleaders pom-pom girls. Yeah. Like was cheerleaders like trademarked or something? Like why couldn't they say that? Yeah, because Val is like, oh, what, are you going to get pom-pom girls? And they're like, oh, my God, that's a good idea. Write that down. Mm-hmm. But, like, they get super into it, and Val is very much not into it. Like, that's pretty much their whole story up until they make up is that Tom and David are really into this Super Bowl party, and Val is very much not into this Super Bowl party, and then – I don't know, the party goes amazing, but Tom and David need help and Val shows up to help. Like without like being a jerk about it, you know, like that to me was a weird part too, because like we're so used to Valerie being vindictive or whatever. And 
She just didn't care. Like, she was making all this, like, you know, noise about not being included. And then when she is included and she gets her I told you so moment, she just, like, helps. <laughs> that that was the thing. Like, there wasn't a ton of substance to this story mm-hmm. aside from the fact that David and Tom have been living together for, like, a week and are now yeah. really good at business together. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and, like, David apologizes to Val for being stubborn. Val apologizes to David for being stubborn. They get a bigger desk so that they can work together. I did really love, I think it's, like, the last thing that happens in this storyline is when David's, like, you know, looking through the drawers, and he's like, okay, I just got one thing. And he's like, could you get your feet off my desk? And then yeah, he smiles. Mm-hmm. I'm loving David lately. Right? Like, I don't know. It's like they were like, okay, we got to do all this stuff to him. Like, Mm -hmm. we got to write all of this, like, character development to him. But, like, it's just going to be growth from then on. Because, yeah, he gets great in, you know, the last couple weeks he's been good. He's good in this storyline working with Tom. Like, I guess he's over not trusting Tom because he just, like, was very rude to him in the most recent episodes. Yeah, and I think, like, what's important there is that, you know, it's it's nice to notice when people are still within the realm of their character, but mm-hmm. there's these little changes. I mean, that's what we call growth, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. – like you said, it's, it's, it's just nice to see when that's actually happening and when it's not something where it's completely changing the character and you're like, who even is this anymore? It has felt very natural. Um yeah, so I'm I, yeah, I'm digging David lately. Right? Cuz like him getting super into throwing a party on brand for David. It's just like mm-hmm. he's not at that like manic level of super into it. He's at like exactly. a more balanced level. And then like him being like, "Could you get your feet off my desk?" is totally something I could picture him saying in a different tone of voice. Exactly, yeah. In a previous life. For sure. It's like is is yeah, it's totally just more the balanced nature of David. It's like he still says the same things and does the same things. They're just in a much more like moderate level, like balanced mm-hmm. level. Like you can tell his true meaning and intention behind his words and actions as opposed to just like seeing anger or seeing, you know, overly excited or or what have you. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's really the only thing I have to say about mm-hmm. the whole Super Bowl story is just yeah, David. So, Mary, what else happened this week? Donna Stalker has escalated to prowling around the house late at night. And honestly, Claire and Kelly, why are you not taking this seriously? Like, Donna sees her attempted rapist at school, but both of them just remind her that Garrett Slan is in prison and ask her to suppress all of her valid worries for a fun girl's night out. David, bless him, is incredibly supportive, taking her concerns seriously, helping where he can, and encouraging her not to let a stalker keep her from living her life. Girls' Night Out is a mixed bag. There's cowboy strippers, but there's also two guys I think might be actual vampires trying to pick them up. (laughs) The gals opt for a change in location, the pee pad, to visit David at the super... Wait, fuck. (laughs) Sorry. 
The girls opt for a change in location, but first they have to stop at the pee pad to see David at Super Bowl Saturday. But we already talked about that, so let's focus on the shadowy person in the black car who almost runs Donna over in the parking lot. Cal and Claire think the incident is unrelated to everything else that's been going on, but Donna comes across some mail in her vacationing parents' P.O. box notifying her that Garrett Slan was released from prison two weeks ago. Meanwhile, camera guy Rusty remains an obvious misdirect, while other camera guy Evan remains unassuming and helpful, but I don't buy it. The entire episode, I could not get over how Claire and Kelly were acting. It's one of those things where I feel like the delivery is just bad. You know, like, calling Donna's experiences, um, fascinations, bad delivery. Mm-hmm. Like, But yeah, it just, it's like executed poorly. That was the thing. And it's not like Kelly hasn't also had a stalker in her house. Like, she has had people obsessed with her in her house. Mm -hmm. Donna has had people obsessed with her in their house. Like, honestly, they just need to move. Like, I I understand why they don't because it's set on a TV show and it's already there. But, like, in reality, like, Donna moves out after her experience. Kelly moves out after her experience. Like, Claire just goes and lives somewhere else. Like, they don't stay in this house. They Agreed. don't just go to back to their parents' house for a couple of weeks. They don't stay in this apartment. Because, I don't know, it starts really cute. Like, when Donna really wants them to watch her weather reel and she's just, like, struggling with the VCR, she's like, no, 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 I just want you to watch it. And they're like, okay, well, that's not working. So just, like, do it for us. <laughs> yeah. So adorable. It is adorable. But then the doorbell rings. And there's apparently very rare flowers outside. Claire recognizes them. Mm-hmm. And they're not from Steve for Claire. They're not for Kelly. They're for Donna from her biggest fan. And she's immediately obviously scared. And not only because she received this note from from the person who's stalking her, but also because she knows logically that this is the same person because like she stopped like Kelly and Claire think that it stopped because they haven't gotten a call in a while now. But Donna's like, no, I like, we haven't gotten a call because I changed my number. This guy knows where I live by sending me these flowers. He knows my address, which means that he probably tried to call her, couldn't get her because she changed her number and is now escalating. Yep, exactly. Which Also, speaking of the whole, like, Evan is still clearly a potential suspect. That's why he wanted to go out with Kelly. Mm Mm-hmm. So he could see the apartment. Yeah. Like, I put it together that he was, like, you know, putting the flowers in the vase. He was, like, it felt like he was casing it. Mm -hmm. But he probably also just didn't know where she lived before. And now he knows where she lives. He knows what the layout of the house looks like. Yep. Like, and the fact that, yeah, these flowers show up at their door and they're like, oh, it's probably somebody completely unrelated. Like, Occam's razor, ladies. Yeah, like, why why would, why would it not be the same person? Yeah. No, they keep trying to write this off. And 
I guess you could get a read that they're trying to calm Donna down because she's very clearly upset. Mm-hmm. But it also kind of feels like when people – like when you're not upset and you've got a very even tone and someone tells you like, you need to calm down. And you're like, oh, I'll show you calm. Yeah, exactly. It just – I think to your point about the fact that like Kelly has had a stalker and Donna has already had a stalker, it, like there should have just been a lot more grace and empathy around this rather than just yes. let's get Donna to calm down. Yeah, I really like saying grace and empathy. That's a really good way to put it. Because like never. They never believe her. For the yeah, entire I mean, episode. Yeah, like it first really starts happening. Like the first, like, I guess bigger episode um is this next scene when Donna's getting coffee at CU at the at the Condor's Nest, and Evan and Rusty both show up. Um, and you can kind of tell that like Donna is like really suspicious of Rusty because he's gross and he makes a gross comment to her face as opposed to just to Evan. Um, Evan makes a comment that also makes me think that he's suspicious. He says something like, and my mother told me that I'm an odd duck. And it's like, um, A, your pro- your mom probably did say that because you're a stalker. And number two, you're saying that to clearly throw Donna off the trail, right? And so that, like, I'm like, mm hmm, mm hmm, mm hmm, mm hmm. But anyway, so Claire's there. Donna sits down. They're just talking about Super Bowl weekend, all of that. Claire suggested they have a, a girls' night out to kind of like get, like, let the boys have their Super Bowl thing. Let's go out with, with just us girls. Mm-hmm. But then right past Donna's line of sight, over Claire's shoulder, she freaks out. And the viewer, sees Garrett Slan, her attacker. And oh mm-hmm. my God, Donna's reaction, like Tori Spelling's reaction got me. I was just like, oh God. It made me feel all weird inside. Yeah, same. I was just like, I don't like, I don't want this for her. Like I feel mm-hmm. that she's so upset. And I think that's probably part of what bothers me so much about the way everybody else has to deliver their lines of just like, no, he's in prison. It's fine. Like, yeah, she's so freaked out. Like, you have to do something actionable for this. Every time somebody was just like, he's in prison, I was like, okay, can we call? Right. Like, it's a work day. Call someone. That's the thing. Like, I think that's, to your point, that's kind of what gets me too, is like, there are better ways to handle this and action items that you can do. I mean, later on, like we get a really good scene between Don and David, but like where he mentions doing some of these action items, but I'm like, why can't we take that action right now? Yeah, exactly. Like you're right there. You can just do it. Like, let's, mm-hmm. let's just go do it. Let's make her feel better. Not speak in these like va- this vagueness of like, no, he's in prison. Let's go have a girl's night. Like everything's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because, yeah, I originally loved that she was like, yeah, let's do a girls' night. <laughs> when she was like, uh, I can't tell you what it is, but just, like, dress up real cute. Yeah. I loved that, but then it just turned so sour. I know. I know. And, and the like, while the intention is pure, again, the delivery is what's off, so it kind of, like, taints the idea of this girls' night. Yeah. And... Like, it is 
night the next time we see them and like Donna is freaking out. The alarm is going off. She's just like pressing buttons all like frantically and it turns out she heard something and it's like it's like she heard something or she thought she heard something. She did hear something. And so she mm-hmm. came out to check the alarm, but now it won't turn off. It's only going off like the alarm is malfunctioning plus she heard something. She's freaking out. And Claire comes out and takes her over to their back door, which I don't think she unlocked. I think that door was unlocked. Yeah. Which could and, have just been a goof, you know. I mean, yeah, it just like when the whole thing is about security and she's freaking out yeah. because the alarm isn't working and she heard something on the deck. Right. It freaks me out that the door no, was for just sure. unlocked. For sure, for sure. I mean, it freaks me out even more that they go outside. I know. I'm like, no, I am scared of the dark. If I hear a noise and I'm in my bedroom at night, best believe I'm not even leaving the comforter of my bed. <laughs> right? Yeah. I I am still, I am a grown adult. And if I like stick my foot off the bed at night, I'm like, nope, monster's under the bed. Monster's going to get me. I can't leave it hanging. Yeah. Like we we have watched two movies in the past week about like home invasion or like creepy home stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is why I live in a condo where I live because like mm-hmm. you got to put effort to get to me. And frankly, if Very you true. did it, good for you. You win. Take my stuff. But like Very there's true. no creepy basement that I can just go down and get locked into. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But also, Kelly doesn't wake up and come out with them. And I know that's like a writing choice to just have Claire do it. Like it would be a whole thing to have to write three people into this scene. Mm-hmm. But it upset me that Donna's best friend didn't come out and see what was going on. Yeah, agreed. It was an interesting choice that it was Claire. Just like they don't s- split Claire's lines between the two of them. Like it doesn't have yeah. to be anything. It just it bothered me that Kelly wasn't there because like what else is she doing? Right, right, exactly. But But instead of having Kelly there, we have to have flashbacks to Donna being attacked. I didn't like it. I don't like the flashbacks. They upset me a lot. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Claire goes to bed and Donna goes outside and sees another one of those flowers, which again justifies that Donna heard something and nobody believes her. Yes. I hated it. Like, it... I would have felt a lot better if we had some sort of knowledge that after this, Donna took the flower, went inside, and was like, look, this was out there. Yeah, and, like, remember just an episode ago, we had Brandon acting immediately. He was like, no, no, we're going to call the police just to make sure. Like, why why don't we have this same kind of care? Why do we just assume our friend is making something up? Why why is that the assumption? Why can't we assume our friend is right? Yeah, it's also very interesting that so far in this story, women have not believed Donna, but Brandon has protected her by calling the police. Evan has protected her by getting her off the air. And then in the next scene, David comes in to surprise her in the morning but she's like real bleary eyed. So she doesn't really focus mm-hmm. and see that it's him. And she starts screaming like this is full like terror. Yes. And she tells him she's like, I think this is what's happening. I think he's out of prison. I think he's coming for me. 
And David's like, look, they they have to inform you if they let him out. That's part of the deal. So, you know, here's what we're going to do. You're going to get your alarm checked out. We're going to call them Monday morning. And until then, I think you need to go to this girl's night and get your mind off of it. Like, he is just incredibly compassionate to her. I loved it. Like, this scene, this is so different David. Like, this yeah. is the David we we wanted, you know? And he – I think what I love the most about it is that the entire time he's not patronizing her. He's talking to her, trying to assure her that everything's okay, but still allowing her to feel her feelings. You know? Like, yeah. he's not like, you're wrong. He's saying – Okay, I'm going to tell you something that is truthful, but also what's true is you're scared. You know, like yeah. it's it's like two things here. It's you're scared. I'm here for you. Also, just want to like point out they do have to tell you. So why don't we double check? Like it's just perfect way to handle it. He was you said compassion. That was a perfect word. He's so delicate with her, but not in a patronizing way. And oh, it made my heart melt. You know, he like. He validates her feelings. Mm -hmm. He gives her action items of like, these are like things. These are actual things you can do to be better protected and like yep. reassure yourself versus like, I'm sure it's fine. He's in prison. Let's go on a girl's night. He's like, no, get your alarm fixed. If mm -hmm. your alarm is fixed, you're going to feel better. You're going to feel safer. Yep. And like, yeah, it's just – it's very interesting that so far it has been men that believe and want to protect Anna and women that don't believe her. Mm-hmm. That's not something I put together until like right now that we're talking about it. And who knows if that was on purpose or not. But – It just seems a little sus because, again, it's like the psychology student – who is not just a psychology student, but is intuitive and her best friend and doesn't pick this up, but picks up that Valerie is pregnant and lying about it. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't want to see it. And like, I think Girls' Night was a wild experience. It was a lot and I don't really understand why. Like, they go to, like, Thunder Down Under. She later yes. says it's, like, Australian whatever. So they go mm -hmm. to Thunder from Down Under. But one of the strippers picks Donna up. Why would you ever touch a woman like that? Like, I, I get it's strip clubs, it's physical. But, like, on the other side, like, you're not really supposed to touch the dancer. So I don't like that the dancer could just touch you. Yeah, that'd be like if you were at a petting zoo and you tried to pet a goat and or like you wanted to pet the goat, but like you couldn't. And then all of a sudden the goat started petting you like <laughs> I know that's a weird analogy, but like kind of the same thing. Look, but don't touch. It's just weird. Yeah, like put the put the dollar in his pants. That's not like I'm paying you to pick me up and swing me around. Yeah, I, I didn't know. give you my dollar to pick me up for a minute. I've never been to a strip club, but I don't imagine that at, like, a male strip club, they'd be like, hey, I look like I can, like, squat you. Let's check it out. I mean, if they ask me first, I might say yes. But Maybe, but <laughs> consent. Permission to touch yeah. my body. Like, Permission they not said, granted. I bet I could bicep curl you. I'd be like, I would pay to see that. <laughs> right? Be like, bet. Let's go. Yeah. And then 
they go to the bar and are presented these like giant glasses. There's like a bottle of champagne in every single one of those glasses. I love Donna being like, oh, no, not champagne. Like, homie is traumatized forever. <laughs> she will never drink champagne. It's going to be like her wedding and they're going to want to do a toast. She'll be like, no. Can I just no, have thank some you. sweet tea? Like, <laughs> like, literally anything but champagne. Diet Coke with a yeah. lemon? Yeah, let's be real. It's going to be Diet Coke. <laughs> but, yeah, it's because these two guys come up to them, which also two guys, three women, like, the numbers don't actually work. Mm-mm. And they're super weird. They're very gross. Like, I really love Mary calling them vampires. <laughs> they might be, for all we know. It's, but I, I believe it. They were wearing too much silk to not be <laughs> vampires. Like, that fashion could not pass for current in any time period ever. That's how Buffy always picks out vampires. I just can't with the silk. <laughs> I swear, like, one of them was, like, leopard print, and then the other one was just, like, a weird, like, silky pattern, and then he had, like, a sweater or something over it. <laughs> but, no, those are vampires. That's hilarious. I need someone to confirm. It's like a crossover. There's a vampire yeah. show. This was, like, the beginning of vampire shows being popular on TV. We're almost... Right around Buffy, so just saying. We're in 1998 now, so. So, yeah, Buffy's been, like, she was a mid-season replacement, so mm -hmm. she's kind of been around for, like, a year at this point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I think that theory holds water. But I love that they go to leave and the guys try and follow them and Claire just turns around and it's just like, no. Yeah, I do, and that does fit. Claire like yeah of all the weird stuff that happened with our ladies this episode at least that was consistent I also really loved the fashion in this moment of like Kelly and Donna just look like they're like dressed really nice and then Claire's got that like fuzzy vest on mm-hmm Claire was ready I mean she said dressed to go out yep she was ready but unfortunately now we have to get to a more scary I hate it part of the episode <laughs> yeah because like they decide to leave the club and they decide to go by the pee pad because Donna promised David that she would for the party and so while they're walking to the car the camera then focuses on some dude immediately following them because of course yeah I had chills mm-hmm I was like, I, I don't like this. I don't like that this person's going to follow them because especially, you know, with Kelly driving and not believing that anybody's in any danger, like, she's not going to be looking for someone following her. Yeah, why would she, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, like, like, the MO of this guy this far has been messages from afar, you mm -hmm. know? Like, so why, you know, why would they be on the lookout for somebody following them? And yeah, so as they get to the pee pad, they roll up to the pee pad. So does this other car. We still can't see this guy because, you know, the light is not on him. We see basically a silhouette and it is creepy mm -hmm. as hell. Yeah. And he's like, what? He's like wearing a baseball cap or something to like try and mm -hmm. hide his face. Like, and he's just lurking. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think we really see anybody that could have been him in the club, but I mean, everybody's dressed as football fans so mm -hmm. like you'd never really know to pay attention for that um they're 
there is a moment in the club. So, like, you know, Donna goes to find David. Claire goes to find Steve. And then Tom walks past Kelly, and they have a moment. He calls her dangerous. And she wants to stay and talk to him. Oh, my God. That would make Val go nuts. Val, she may spontaneously combust. Like, for once, the turntables and, you know, Kelly gets what Val had instead of Val getting what Kelly had. So I just want to see Val react. That's what I want. Yeah, because if we recall, she and Tom are not dating. They're just sleeping together. So technically, Tom is free to do whatever he wants. Exactly. But the girls go to leave and, you know, Kelly and Claire go out first. Donna's staying behind to say bye to David. But then as she runs out, she drops her purse or like her purse breaks just to lean down to pick everything up. And the mysterious car is back. And tries to run her over. Okay, when that happens and Kelly just screams, I was like, why is no one trying to, like, pull her out of the way? Yeah, yeah, because clearly she was, like, shocked still, you know? Yeah. And, like, the car, like, swerves, you know, like, doesn't actually hit her and drives away. Yeah, it, like, hits another car. Mm -hmm. But I was honestly expecting, like, David to come out and pull her to safety or something. Like, so I said, go get David. I lit, like, at the end of the scene, I was like, go get David. And I thought this was the end of the episode. I did not think we were about to have, like, I think we had, like, seven more minutes left in this episode. Yeah, we had a lot of scenes left. Because mm-hmm. the next time we see the girls, we cut to the next morning where Claire and Kelly still don't believe that Donna is actually in any danger. And see, this is, like, what baffled me. It was, like, they start talking about Donna's, quote-unquote, fascinations or fixations. That's what it was. It was fixations. And I'm, like, these aren't just fixations at this point. Like, you guys have proof that somebody tried to hit her with a car. Yeah, but they're, like, no, no. We told the cops everything. It's fine. And he was probably just drunk, not trying to kill you. Like, like, okay, a guy randomly starts a car and then revs it, you know, floors it and attempts to hit your friend? No, and that's not a drunk person. Yeah, this is like escalations. This is not the first thing that's happening. This is mm-hmm. everything else. But they're justifying all of the other stuff. Yep. But Donna hears them and is furious. She has every right to be. Mm-hmm. And she's like, look, I know somebody's after me, and I guess I'm just going to go stay at my parents' house. Then I don't have to be a burden to you. Which, like, ugh. I just felt so bad. I mean, I actually do think that's a good idea. Because the stalker supposedly doesn't know where Donna's parents live. You know? Mm -hmm. And I do think that's a good idea. Now, that doesn't help Kelly and, and Claire. But still, the fact that she feels like she's a burden on them, ugh. It just makes me so upset. Well, and so they all go to the pea pat or the peach pit where like everybody is. This is where Steve is getting rid of his last shirt to Nat. And, you know, it's Steve and Claire and Kelly are all talking. And, you know, Claire says everything's all right at their apartment. But then Kelly's like, oh, yeah, now if only Donna would talk to us. Like Donna's the one in the wrong. Right. Like you go talk to the talk to her apologize for your behavior and the way that you don't believe her. Mm-hmm. But 
I do like that Steve is like, look, I'm, you know, kind of worried about this. Maybe, like, Claire, maybe you should come stay with me. Then he gets gross and says that he has a really big bed and Kelly can stay with them too. Because he's still Steve. He's still Steve. You can never get away from it. Nope. But, like, the original intention I liked, it's just, like, it's one of those things where, like, he didn't land the dismount. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But then you find out Donna is on the other side of the restaurant by herself. She is not sitting with her friends. And David walks over to her, also walking past the friends. And Noodle, not now. Oh, no. Yeah, so Donna, it turns out, I don't know if she's already decided to go stay at her parents' house, but she stops at their P.O. box and is going through their mail. They have a ton of mail. They've been Mm -hmm. gone apparently for two weeks, which, like, I think is literally since her birthday. They were like, happy birthday, Donna. Goodbye. We're going to Italy. (laughs) Yeah, like, see you later. Also, they probably need it. They need, like, a marriage retreat. Uh, yeah. This is uh, Dr. Dad. He needed a break. Oh, yeah. Yep. There you go. Love it. Love it. Um, But she's going through the mail, and she has a letter from the Department of Corrections. And And she's, like, trembling. As soon as she reacted, you knew what was coming. Mm Mm-hmm. And she screams – And everybody comes running over, and she's just like, he's out. He got Mm -hmm. out two weeks ago, right when everything started. I told y'all. I just – like, there's so many emotions probably going through her head right now of just terror that he's out and she didn't know, disbelief that he's out and she didn't know, and then, like, I told you, you know, like, anger – that yeah. she told her friends besides David, obviously, who know, who like trusted her and they didn't believe her. It's like that. that's what I'm like. Why? Like, what was the point of of making them not believe her? I didn't I don't I, I don't understand the point. Exactly. I mean, the way that she has reacted this entire episode for days, she changed her number like that mm-hmm. alone should be enough. Honestly, if anybody heard that Brandon went to the police with what happened at the studio, I feel like they would have taken it seriously. Just because, like, Brandon's kind of a de facto leader, even exactly. if they don't believe it inherently from Donna. But, like, exactly. Seriously. And then, honestly, they got to move. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how you stay in an apartment. I don't either. And that's how it ends. We end the episode with her finding out that Garrett got out of prison. And I don't know. I mean, we had this conversation last week that it's either. Evan or it's like a complete misdirect and like somebody we wouldn't expect which I guess this counts but like I don't know I don't know what I believe yeah I mean I think like it is extremely valid for Donna to think it's Garrett like a hundred percent so I think us as viewers also have to be like yes that's a possibility um Mm -hmm. Number two, I still think it's probably Evan because of all the facts that we have thus far, right? Like, I've, obviously, you guys know I know who it is, but I'm not going to lend that way one way or another. But out of, like, the people that we think of that we can name, Garrett makes sense. Evan makes sense. Rusty, we've said, does not make sense. And it's we've said... Obvious. Yeah, exactly. And we've said, like, somebody else way out of left field could be it, too. So... Mm. 
Yeah. So it's like I'm comfortable where we are with our suspects. But at the same time, it's like, gosh, have we not been? Whenever this happens in shows, I'm like, oh, man, have I not been paying attention? And they're going to show me like how this all came about. And I'm just not going to have seen it. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's one of those things like the show is too long for me to pick it up on a second rewatch. And I don't know that I'd ever do like a third or fourth rewatch necessarily, Mm -hmm. like not in a way that I could pick all this stuff up. But like that's how it would happen is, yeah, they'll reveal who it is in an episode or two. And like it'll be a very like pushing daisies like the facts are these and then Mm -hmm. lay it all out and be like, oh, my God, how did I miss all of this? Yeah, exactly. Or it'll be like how in Arrow when you find out the cellmate of Oliver's was the the serial killer or whatnot, and here's why. It's it's mm-hmm. always that. And in those episodes, like I know it's cheesy and I know it's like a a device, but it's kind of one of my favorites because I love mysteries and stuff like that. But so I could see that happening here. You know, it's just a matter of how fast we're going to get this reveal and if it ends up being who we think it is. Yeah, exactly. Which, I mean, I guess we'll find out soon. Who knows if it'll be next week. But, I mean, before we get there, do you have a quote of the week? I do. I do have one. Okay. And only one. Okay. Um, it should be pretty obvious. It should be. But I actually don't know <laughs> that I wrote down quotes. I, I mean, so okay. Many. <laughs> I I would guess it is I don't think I have the exact quote available to me, but it's when you know Sam asks Brandon what his intentions are with Tracy and he says he likes her a lot, he admires her, he respects her and he enjoys her company. That's a good guess. <laughs> That's all I got. Okay. So, one of mine Like, a lot of these are Brandon, actually. I'm going to go ahead and say that now. Um, But just Brandon being like, I watched so many cowboy shows. I totally know how ranch work works. Mm -hmm. Then he's just like, barn. That's the big white thing with the red doors. See? I know. (laughs) (laughs) It, like, makes me think of in Parks and Rec when Andy's like, I know things. (laughs) Yeah, that was just really cute. He's like... I know I don't know, but I'm going to pretend like I know because I want to yeah, help. Exactly. <laughs> just, so helpful. just pay attention to me. <laughs> Steve with his sewing, just going in, over, up, and through. I loved just him Steve, and his man. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Tom meeting Kelly and being like, so you look uh, dangerous. And Kelly being like, I am. Look out. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly's got game most of the time. So. I mean, when she wants it, she yeah. got it. Yeah. Okay. But what I really think it is, is when Brandon says, I wrote this out, like how he said it. So <laughs> my favorite cowgirl want to play home rodeo darling. And she says, be careful. I'm the one with the roping ribbons. I lied and said that I had one quote of the week, but it's two. And it's that one and the one Ariel you said. So. 
I mean, no notes, honestly. I wish I had a poll or that, like, some of our listeners were taking tabs on, like, how often a certain character, like, gets my quote of the week. And I'm like, is Brandon winning? (laughs) I I think when you started doing quotes of the week, Brandon was, like, dead last. And he Mm -hmm. is just, like, growing in popularity to the point, like, I would not be shocked if Brandon leaves this show and, you know, I don't know exactly when he does, but he leaves the show and there's X amount of episodes without him where he doesn't stand a chance to win and he is still in the lead. That's what I'm saying. It's got to be like that now, right? It's got to be. I actually had one more quote. Oh, sorry. I found another one. No, it's totally okay. Um, Like I found it at like the end and it's just a throwaway, but... Steve um, is trying to get Claire to come stay with him at Casa Walsh where she'll be safe. And um, Claire's like, what about Kelly? And so Steve says, luckily I have a California king. And then Kelly says, oh, that's nice. But where are you going to sleep? And then (laughs) Claire goes, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I completely miss Claire's reaction. I love it. That's great. I love it so. See, like, that's cute, Claire and Kelly. Where have they been? I know, right? Uh, Mary, do you have a moment of the week? Um, gosh, it's got to be David um, being super supportive. Ooh. It has to be. Like, that whole time I was just like, David... Like, how did you become my favorite? I hated you, like, four weeks ago. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's growth. It's the, it's the Kelly um, from Insecure GIF. It's like, and that's growth. Like, <laughs> that's what it is. It's yeah. so wild. Like, seriously, season one, Brandon and David to now. I know it's been seven seasons, so, like, it's been a lot. But, like, damn. Yeah. Y'all. Proud of them. Proud of you. So proud. If only Steve could have that growth. There's um, still time. <laughs> well, it's yeah. about damn time. So, um, there was also like an honorable mention that I had um, for Val when she like comes to the club to help out or whatever, and she's just like can't do it without me, and she smirks, but internally she's just like they can do it without me. <laughs> <laughs> I do kind of get the feeling that she like doesn't totally explain how to use the cash register or like there's yeah. only one copy of the key. She's ensuring her usefulness. Exactly. exactly. Like she types in that code real fast on the cash register. Like she's not trying to let David see what it actually is. Yeah. She's like, oh, this is actually fingerprint activated. Sorry. <laughs> I know it's 1998, but we're way ahead of times. Oh, my why do you I think mean, we're in so much debt? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we spent all this money on a fingerprint activated cash register and a toaster she- mural of New York. <laughs> yeah, how much money did that mural cost, and is it still there? I have not seen it in a while. I'm just saying. She probably paid for all of the binary code around the club by the le- by the number. <laughs> oh my god! Every zero costs five. Huh, I wonder how many zeros I should have. Jesus. Oh gosh. Anyway, what's next week? Okay, so next week is season seven, episode seventeen, Face Off. 
Okay. Well, it's not going to be sports-related again because we just had unnecessary roughness, so it's not like a hockey term. And I don't know that the movie Face-Off was around. I don't think that was out at that point. No, 1997. So it, Oh, it, it was. Let's see. Let me see if I can find a release date. January 19th, 1997. Oh, wait, sorry. We're in 1997 now, not 1998. Yeah, so okay. It so came we're in out January 10 days prior to this next week's episode airing. No, June. It came out six months oh, after. Oh, June. God. <laughs> I thought you said January. I might have, honestly, but it came out in June of 1997, so it's not Face Off. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, it's got to be a fight, right? We shall see. We we shall see. And until then, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at back to Podcast. You can also shoot us over an email at backtopodcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to go into your podcast app and rate, review, subscribe, share it with all your friends and family. All that stuff really helps us get seen and build a community, and that way we can give you all a better product. And if you leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout-out because we really appreciate you. So until next week, from all of us at Back to Podcast, I got to go get all the kegs of microbrews because we're keeping it classy. I got to go have a really good time at an exhibit dance recital from Australia. And I have secret agent UFO task force stuff to do. So bye. Bye. See ya.